Howdy frothers, Benny Wallington here again. Uh, Super pumped to share this radical episode with you uh, with one of my dear friends and colleagues, Seb Berry. As I've mentioned, if you've caught any of the last episodes, we're really talking about uh, how can we bring emergent humans who are doing the work the world needs, or at least in my opinion, what the world needs, uh, to the forefront of the conversations, which is super rad. Uh, And Seb's definitely in that camp. he runs a, an agency called Futurekind, which is super rad. He's kind of like one of the pioneers of how do we do good within the marketing space with good companies for good and for the future of you know our civilization, not just thinking about the buck at the end. Um, he's literally one of the deepest thinkers and best listeners that I've ever met. Uh, it's an honor to call him a buddy. Um, and But one of my favorite things about Seb really is <laughs> I was walking around uh, the Northern Rivers, we went through a few different towns and it was kind of interesting once when someone ran across the road to give him a hug, but after it happened three times, I was like, wow, this is, a, this is the kind of dude that I aspire to be like where people will literally drop everything just to come over and, and give the man a hug. He does have good hugs, by the way. Um, we do discuss our program at Rise Up uh, or Reunion, um, which is launching this week. So... If you catch it, this episode at the time prior to that, which would be the 8th of April is when we kick off, um, we've got a few spots left. So head on over to reunion.earth and check it out. If it's after the fact, still check out the website. Let us know what you think. Uh, feel free to sign up to more communications because we will be running our Rise Up program again. So yeah, this is an epic episode and I hope you get a bunch of value out of it and there's some some of like my favorite insights come from Seb and the way he shows up day to day and it's um yeah he's a beautiful human and I uh, hope you absolutely froth out on this episode with Seb Berry. G'day Seb, Seb Berry. Benny. <laughs> Welcome to uh, uh, Finding the Frothers, new editions, who knows what's going to be happening same sorts of formats, bringing frothers on to have conversations, but this time a little bit more about where the emergent thinking of the world is occurring and also how can we take practical actions in these times. Um, And the reason I wanted to have a chat with you is just because I always love having a jam with you regardless of it being recorded, but um, really to talk about some of the work that we've been doing together Um, also just around general vibes of what's going on in the world. And, and like I mentioned offline, what's the tonality of, of the current situation and how can we bring more froth and excitement and play into the space when we maybe are seeing just a little bit, a little bit too much hecticness, um, but warranted. So mate, um, I was also just thinking like how much fun it is to say your name, Seb Berry, Seb Berry. Um, I don't know why that popped yeah, in my head. That's the first time I've heard that, but I'm so happy to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, pretty important. It's because, um, I was listening to a meditation by a guy named Muji, and I was like, "How good is how how much fun is it to say some people's names?" So, Seb Berry, yeah. tell us a bit more about beyond the depth of your name, how much fun you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, no, that's really awesome to, to know. Um, it, it makes a huge difference um, having, having fun, um, even just saying someone's name. Um, so yeah, we, de- we definitely want to 
play together and wiggle ears together and make uh, make music, play guitar, sit around fires. Um, we want to act like kids um, and um, and kind of remember the stuff that made us happy when we were younger um, with our mates. So I guess yeah, that's what's fun at the moment is just hanging out with mates on Zoom, making cubby houses and um, being silly. Um, it's um, it's kind of it's 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 kind of this creative space that we've found ourselves almost forced into by being stuck indoors, um, which is you know so many things all at once. It's this crazy tension between um, you know um, between the, the the old world and what's to come between. Um, between frenetically trying to find work but being stuck indoors and having to go slow by, um, you know, connecting with so many more people online but being by yourself in your own house. There's so many kind of weird um, things happening which is kind of creating all this tension, which is really interesting and it's so fun to just break some of that tension. Um, totally. In interactions every day. Yeah, it's the rise of the artisan is that the right word? Artisanal. Maybe it's going to be the artisanal period. I read something yeah. the other day that like we were all just entrepreneurs not so long ago. We were all, I mean, the term entrepreneur maybe gets a bad rap and I try not to use it too much, but uh, we were all kind of running our own races and sure there would have been apprentices, but for the most part, people eventually had that thought that they would go out on their own. They would run their own farm. They would, um, you know, start their own, business servicing the community in the way that they plugged into it. Uh, and I feel like potentially either by force of hand due to jobs not existing anymore or um, choice, which people are going to feel like even though they're secluded, that potentially they've got more agency now to try new things. And I think we're seeing that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of workshops online. We're seeing a lot of people going, hey, you know what? I do this really cool thing. I wonder if, um, I wonder if you guys would like to, you know, have a crack at it and see what, see what, see how it lands. And there's this beautiful, like giving at the moment, this giving vibe. Um, so yeah, maybe give us a quick rundown because I, I gave you, I'll give you an intro, introduction on the uh, actual podcast, but for this live video, um, a quick rundown of the work that you were doing because you were taking uh, an industry, which I believe has been dying for a long time, um, advertising, no offense, but a little bit of offense, um, and sort of providing a future, future thought, future emergent way or lens to approaching that. So by working with ethical businesses, businesses of the future that we're going to, you know, prop up society, you know what I mean? So yeah, maybe give us a little bit of a rundown of, of future kind. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Benny. I've been uh, working, I suppose, to transition for the last I don't know, five or six years from, uh, from some of the traditional kinds of ways of working uh, and, uh, and really just focusing on working with people and businesses with heart that I, I can really see where they're coming from. I can really, um, you know, sense the purpose with which uh, they're, they're trying to bring new ideas into the world and, uh, and really just by focusing my attention on people and projects that, uh, that have a deeper meaning, um, at least for me. Um, I've, I've really kind of found myself in this amazing space where I can just uh, also work in, work in a new way and, um, and bring, uh, I suppose, bring 
you know, bring forward this, you know, this desire for, you know, to, to be entrepreneurial and to, to, to really grow new ideas and bring different kinds of things into the world um, with, with the whole bunch of people who are also trying to do the same thing at the same time. So, uh, so growing, uh, growing, I suppose, growing uh, a new agency um, and doing strategy and creative for awesome new ideas uh, has, you know, taken some time uh, and was, you know, I, I suppose pretty early in the game in, in um, focusing in that type of space and only working with clients who have purpose definitely kind of puts you into a, a niche, uh, but it's the kind of way of working. Yeah. As you said, within industry, within the, within the context of an industry that um, doesn't always, uh, doesn't always operate from a place of uh, compassion and caring and, um, and generosity um, uh, and trying to in, institute those kinds of values into my work and into that space has been, you know, challenging, but really interesting. Isn't, isn't that a powerful concept to, um, and I guess there's a little bit of a segue into the work that we're doing collaboratively is to identify where your values are and really from that, that place, um, let it inform your decision, which sounds so freaking obvious, right? But most of us, um, don't have, and, and myself included up until not so long ago, a really sort of clear or clearer idea of what our values are. And then I guess the double-edged sword with that is it's great to have your values, but then you suddenly realize that all the work that you're doing doesn't align. Uh, and for the most part, I believe that's probably why 75% of um, Aussie workers are disengaged in their current roles or they were depending on where the roles are now. Um, because there's this kind of knowing but potentially pushing it to the side of what their values are and, and what and what they want to really contribute to. And man, I think the it'll become it'll continue to become clearer, but the work that you've done uh and the work that many of our friends uh and loved ones do is gonna is gonna be kind of pioneering in a sense. And hopefully, because we've kind of gone a little bit further down the path on it, it'll allow other people to see uh, a faster transition. And, and I guess transition acceleration is a term that we, we throw around a bit. Um, so maybe, interestingly, let's, let's jam a little bit on um, some of the projects or people that you're seeing at the moment, the frothers that are really working in the transition acceleration space. Um, and who's, I guess, is inspiring you at the moment? Yeah, so many amazing people come to mind. Um, I guess we've, um, yeah, we've, we've had uh, a mate of ours, um, I suppose, yeah, uh, la launching into a, a new space coming from, uh, coming from, and in Tim Silverwood, um, the awesome work that he was already doing, trying to transition uh, with Take Three and help to uh, help to raise awareness around how we're treating our oceans and our environments, and then transitioning himself and his own work into an even more transition accelerator space in um, the Ocean Impact Organization, which he's just launched, uh, which is then helping other uh, 
water and ocean oriented um, startups and social enterprises to grow what they do for cleaner oceans the world over, which is just super, super inspiring. Uh, so love what Tim's doing. I'd shout out to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there's, um, yeah, there's, there's some really amazing things happening um, off the back of 2040 and what Damon Gamow is, is doing. I don't know how he's rolling out so many initiatives um, from his epic film and the community that he's built, all of, the, all of the different little social enterprises that he's partnering with and helping to, helping to grow into the world. Uh, and he just launched another one, uh, which I saw this morning, <laughs> which is so perfect and helping people to uh, grow little food gardens in their own homes um, or, you know, in their own backyards. So, uh, so you know, that, that's like so important. And uh, I, I suppose, you know, forming the foundations of a new way of being in, in family and community, um, managing our food and managing our kind of basic needs, which is super important. And, um, you know, things like, you know, new resilient cities and towns and uh, an initiative in Byron that Jean Renouf and, uh, and some other legends are starting to really create resilient Byron and an example of how to really bring community together around a new model, a new way of operating. Um, so, yeah, so, so many, so many inspiring things. It's, it's so, so rad to see. And I think like with us, we're kind of, we're maybe going a little bit of the Damon route um, in terms of maybe multiple projects. I was just telling you offline, I probably need to, to compost a bit of the, the stuff I'm doing at the moment because I, because I'm in, I'm in a state of like ecstatic flow. Like I'm, I'm firing, like all I want to do is build stuff. And then, and that doesn't come around very often um, unless I kind of force it a little bit, uh, which isn't flow. Right. But yeah, I'm feeling in, in this kind of, this zone of let's build, let's get stuff out there. But I'm also conscious of the fact that I've done that a lot and then I've taken on too much. So I think um, there's probably can learn from my mistakes in the past about getting taking too much and then you overcook it and you go beyond the flow, um, this like the, the flow channel and into anxiety and, and then you, you're useless to everyone. Um, and so it is, a, it's a, it's a fine balance because another saying that we, we throw around is like, does it grow corn as well? And some, which is basically, does it make money? Is it, is it, well, not necessarily money, but is it, is it going to be able to support the lifestyle that you want to lead? Cause um, not everything needs money, but how are we thinking about that in these times? Like how can we be as most effective as possible without trying to start too many businesses on the fly um, and too many projects? So I think that's a, that's a pretty interesting conversation. Do you, is any thoughts sort of come up for you around that? Because like you said, with Resilient Byron, the work we're doing with Reunion, we're helping out mates with um, getting conferences online. Uh, we're helping out old businesses uh, transition, accelerate into, into new production, new ways of production. Um, and it's all fun and, and play and great, but it's... Uh, but yeah, we have to we have to guard our energy. So, any uh, any practices or any thoughts around that? Mm, yeah, it's it's really important. And having kind of run an agency for quite a while, I I do tend to allow more 
projects and things to come in perhaps than is, um, well, I suppose more than you would running any other business, you know, you've got to focus on, uh, on the objective and the, the, um, the goal you're, you're driving towards and, um, working with lots of clients, um, it's kind of the opposite, you know, it's, it's really, it's really bringing and infusing excitement and energy and guidance into quite a few different things at the same time. Um, but I've really noticed that I've really noticed, um, how much when you really, really do get involved and, and do contribute in a meaningful way, um, to each of those, it, it still ends up, you know, frying the circuits a little bit and it's too much. Mm. Um, so I guess, you know, moving from almost that old school agency model where you've got lots of different projects and things going on at the same time, uh, I've been trying to pair that back and that part of, you know, that transition into, uh, our work as the reunion team in focusing on just a handful of key projects and really just, you know, uh, one star project at one time and then uh you know as much energy as you have to create a balance so that you know your day is not taken up with work you have time to play you have time to learn you have time to chill out and recharge and sleep and all of those things so um design yeah designing your day and and thinking about the stuff that you really want to spend your time on um then eventually guides you and dictates how and what you get involved in day to day so that you're frothy, you're excited, you're into it and you're not just burning out. And um, I don't know if, how many times you've burnt out. I've burnt out a couple of times. Uh, it's not, it's, um, it's not a good place to be. So, you know, there's, there's a better way to do it. Totally. Yeah. There's a better way to just to avoid burnout altogether. Um, definitely with checking in, you've got a practice. Um, you've got many practices that I admire, but there's one in particular that I haven't even really come close to getting down, but, um, it's centered on breath. Uh, and it's in response to answering a question. And I feel like this is something that every human on the planet could learn from. And there's, I've only had maybe I've only had a couple of mentors and mentors that I've seen that have done it really well and you do it beautifully. Um, do you want to explain, maybe, maybe tell us a little bit of a story about how that came about and also how to, how to start doing it. Mm. I remember I had a friend years ago who uh, introduced me to this practice of uh, waiting seven seconds uh, before you respond. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of a meditative Buddhist practice that, that if you've got something meaningful to contribute, then, uh, then that will emerge in that, in that time when you take a big deep breath in and exhale. Um, it can slow the conversation down. So, you know, you can try it out, but I wouldn't do it for every, every time you open your mouth. Um, you might, <laughs> you might frustrate your partner who doesn't really understand why you're yeah. taking so long. But Clean the kitchen. Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> And it's more, it's more about dialogue than those sorts of kind of, you know, day-to-day -day exchanges, but really listening and really letting it sink in and deciding whether you do have something that's going to be worthwhile to contribute and, uh, and then 
being able to, and I haven't done that in this conversation because it, <laughs> it would be difficult for people to listen to. Um, <laughs> but silence is important, you know. Um, and uh, and so so that kind of practice, just to pause and and take a breath and feel into what you know how you're responding. Uh, are you just uh, giving your version of the story you've just been told? Are you um, just are you passing judgment? Are you making a comment that's actually not really that that meaningful or helpful? Um, or are you kind of listening to understand and then and then uh, allowing for deeper dialogue in certain areas? So I, I'd say when you're going down that road and you do want to dive into um, some of the juicier media things with your friends um, and you know choosing a topic like we did uh, the other night. Uh, in an active hope workshop run by our friend Alice, um, which was super beautiful and exploring the topic of courage uh, and mm -hmm. stories of current personal courage and what that means to us. And, um, and those sorts of environments where you really like dig into um, and explore interesting stuff together that unlocks, uh, I suppose, um, not only a deeper connection with ourselves and others, but, but um, the the things that are helping bring us into that moment more in a in a in a truer, whole way. Mm. Yeah, you know, with and with your practice as well. It's um, and just to be explicit for listeners, it's it's just to take that deep breath when someone asks you a question. Take that deep breath and just sit with it for a while. Um, but I find when you do it as well, sometimes you'll just say you'll be like you'll take the breath and you'll be like, hmm, which, which to me and, and our friend Kate Mermaid does that as well. Sarah does it sometimes as well. And it's like, it, it shows the person that you're, you're considering it and you, you, you know, you are actively thinking about it. But if it's someone who you've never met before, they might just be like you said, some guy just walked off at you off when you're on a networking event. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, really, yeah. And then, hey, it doesn't always work. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that, maybe, because maybe the right people to speak to are people who, again, who, who've got enough respect to kind of give you the time to wait for you to answer. Um, and, I, and I used to have a, a, a dean in London uh, at, at the, the college I went to, and he would sit there for longer than seven seconds, right? You would, you would pitch him an idea, and he would sit there. And you might go, yeah. And, and whatever was going on in his brain, like you could just tell it was like this ping pong match of like ideas and craziness. And then he would come up with something amazing and, or, or you would fucking hate it. But um, it, was, it was really like, it took, it's, a, it's such a skill to be able to sit with someone else uh, and not get anxious that they haven't replied to you just yet. Because I think there is something about a lot of the, the thinkers, the emergent thinkers that we listen to on podcasts uh, or that we're getting to collaborate with now, uh, these beautiful humans, uh, they, they take their time a lot of the time, especially with the big questions. Um, and they also sort of frame it up as well, which is really, really great with an answer. Mm, yeah, we are blessed with some incredible thinkers and, and, and yeah, the, the ability to access um, their mind either indirectly and listening to their podcasts and their content or 
um, directly, you know, the likes of Jamie Wheel and uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger. And I've just been getting into this incredible lecture series by John Viveki, who's mm-hmm. you know, a, a lecturer from Toronto and, you know, what, an amazing thinker. And he, that's on awakening from the meaning crisis and really unlocking, you know, what, what's our, what's our historical evolution and cognitive and psychological revolution and how has language evolved over the ages and, and, um, and how does this all fit together to create this sense of meaning um, individually and collectively. And it's just fascinating uh, to, to, yeah, to, to be able to hear someone's life's work uh, and, um, and to do that just, you know, um, just as kind of, you know, between, between work breaks. It's awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the flow of information, it, it actually, um, so there's a thing that we do uh, with reunion and that we've been doing for roughly four years now. Um, really initially kind of designed by Sarah and, and Matt Kendall, the other two part of our quad, what would we call it? A quad, quadrant <laughs> anyway there's four quadrant, of us quadrant, quadrant feels very yeah. uh theoretical um yeah it's very uh um, integral theory um but yeah there's yeah. four of us a who, quartet if you will quartet yeah that's way better because yeah jamming and uh group flow musicians that kind of stuff um yeah so there's a thing that that we've been doing for a while called fuckfest which is a creative orgy of ideas uh for for the world's dirtiest problems I don't know about that end bit. I think that was an original one. <laughs> Maybe they're not, not all dirty, but um, the gnarly at least. They're, yeah, they're gnarly, crazy. They're big. They're big problems. Um, mm. And one of the questions that we've been we asked the last time, and we we were always asking this question really, but it's like, what does the world need of us? Which is really a beautiful question to ask yourself every mm. morning um, as a practice. But the last time we got together, um, actually up here on the Gold Coast which was before we created um, our Rise Up program, which we'll talk a, bit, a, little, a little bit more about. Uh, we spent the first day not trying to solve anything. We spent a whole day and like Maddie said, we just booked in to go and meet for a coffee. And we're all um, staying at my place um, at Mermaid Beach, lovely place to, to kind of put heads together and think. But we just let the day emerge with kind of that question around, you know, what does the world need? And some of the interesting techniques, uh, which maybe we can touch on around conversations and listening to someone in a group talk, and then it's circling, right? Uh, Rather than making a statement or jumping in and, and, you know, stopping someone's flow, it's that considered probably, you know, seconds after someone finishes and then an an inquiry into deeper a yes and inquiry and at the end of that day it was you know it was amazing we we still didn't have exactly what we were going to do then that second day but we knew that it would emerge and i guess the sleep sleep is a is a great place for that nourishing sleep um but how much do you feel it's important for us now to be listening, but not just listening, like actively inquiring into how each other are feeling so we can get a better sense of the world. 
I think for those who are open to it, and I'm pretty sure most of your listeners will be, it's um, it you know having space for having space for deeper reflection and inquiry and conversation is uh, uh, is really is really the the only way um, I think that we're going to uh, emerge from this, you know, from this pupus that we've been, you know, we've been, um, you know, caterpillaring and now we need to butterfly. And this is actually a really rare opportunity to do that as a collective and, and to, and to have more time uh, to do that self-inquiry and, um, and uh, those sorts of practices take time. Uh, so just like we did and knowing and having done this sort of thing before, knowing that, uh, that coming into something with the right intention, allowing space for the, uh, for the context to, to really sink in and to come into, you know, stark relief. So it's not, it's, you know, and it's not something that, um, that I suppose um, is um, is that easy to do when when you kind of really have this intention to come together and find a solution and and offer something to the world that is is going to be you know is going to you know mar- marry up with all of the stuff that you've done before. It, it's kind of like it's a different thing. You're not trying to you're not trying to sell something. You're not trying to create a product you're coming into a space where you don't know what's going to emerge, but um, we've done that enough times together to know that something will and to trust that. So that trust of the, of each other as much as of that process of allowing for, allowing for the, for the context and the truth to become apparent as a collective, almost, yeah, you know, coming into circle so that we can listen, feel into and deeply embody the truth of what's happening and then and then create from that space uh, man it's 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 actually you know the only thing that makes sense um and we um we need to be making more spaces like that totally yeah and it's and i think we kind of joked about it it sounds so counterintuitive like if you went if you went into most businesses and said okay we're going to spend a day inquiring into each other without a real, without a real um, purpose isn't the right word, without a, without a superintended, you know, bolted in objection of what we need to finish by today. Otherwise we're not going to sleep properly tonight because we're going to be in panic and we're going to be chasing our tails tomorrow. It's like you allow yourself the space and that is really where you give yourself um, the opportunity to flow with one another and to deeply connect. And I think mm-hmm. now more than ever, if we can't be in the physical same room with other people, we need to be thinking about, okay, well, how can we build this psychological safety into our interactions mm-hmm. and trigger group flow? How can we still do amazing work even though we can't sit next to each other for the moment? And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love if anyone listening to this trials something like that with their business or just with their in conversation with their families, uh, feel free to reach out and let us know how it goes. Cause it's all, uh, a tapestry, an emerging tapestry, which everyone 
all the smartest people in the world have always said this, but they don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, you know, within reason, it's like, there's so many unknowns that we just don't know about. So anyone who is kind of saying, this is the jam and this is definitely what's going to happen. That's a big red flag. Um, seek out better sources, uh, which is, which kind of, I guess, can dovetail into the work that we're doing. And I don't have any sponsorship on my podcast. Uh, I used to say that my podcast was sponsored by my, my grandma who passed away um, because she left me some money and that was kind of the startup cost for my podcast. Um, but what I will say is that uh, I unashamedly will talk about the program that we're putting out into the world. And, and I will even say that uh, there's, there was some kind of, how do we charge for this? And charge isn't the right word. How do we invite people in, in a way that they, can, they will interact? Because you don't want to give everything away for free because people just, it, it's, you know, there's so many studies on it that just say that people just don't value it. And I know that I've signed up to stuff for free and I just forget to do it because it just, for some, some weird thing in your brain goes, not doing it. So we basically, we've created this program for four weeks called Rise Up. We did our first intake um, about a month ago now. Uh, in response to the, the fires. And that was what that last fuck fest was all about. And what we came to realize is that, and what started to feel really, really real and authentic was to get, uh, to invite people to donate what they can. And so you give people the agency to say, and with a guide, but the agency to say, this this amount of money will will kind of keep me accountable to this. Um, or, I'd, or, I don't have the money, but I frigging would really love to be doing this. So here's a mini scholarship application. And we were, we were fortunate enough to be able to give scholarships away. And then on top of that, we were like, well, what would an emergent model be? What would a regenerative funding model be? And mm. so part of that was to, to inject some of the funds back into a project from one of the people within the group. So this circulating funding model, and we haven't totally worked it out, but the beautiful emergent thing that's happening to use Rob, Robert Keegan's kind of self-authoring level four um, of personal development, uh, human development is that that model has now kind of been transferred into other people. There's yes. And festival it's using a similar model and that's funding back into the reunion model. You know what I mean? So you can see that. And it's basically the biomimicry is the term. Um, so I was just kind of rambling a bit there, but I think it would be cool to kind of unpack a little bit about the motivations behind this and potentially how people can pick this up. If they're listening to this now, what is a practical way for people to implement this? And I will say one last thing. We were originally going to say it's a hundred bucks for four weeks, right? That's pretty good value. Four weeks um, of live workshops plus work to do on the side and a supportive community. Um, but we let people pay what we want and we ended up making more than the 50 signups, right? So there's something to be said about that. We allowed people to pick what they would want to pay to keep them accountable. We offered people scholarships who wouldn't have been able to pay the hundred and other people were able to, to put in what they wanted just to make, you know, so yeah, I guess my, that really was the context of what we're doing, but how can that kind of thinking inspire other people to, to do the same uh, in business or just in life? It's a, a really awesome 
emergent model for how to live in more of a gift economy, which I've just been so inspired by, as I know you have Charles Eisenstein and, and, uh, and his philosophy as well as work and models around how we can, how we can live, work, interact in, in different ways that, that feel more connected to each other and to the natural world. Um, and he's got several amazing books and courses as well. And they all operate on a gift model, just like ours, where, uh, where it, there's a sense of trust that, uh, that you'll be able to come into that exchange at the level that, uh, that you're able to offer uh, a sense of respect into as much as they're offering their, all of their knowledge and respect in giving that, in making that exchange possible. Um, and, you know, that fans out into, into our lives, our work, our society in different ways, uh, which are much less transactional and much more uh, fruitful um, in so many ways. And as you said, so much, um, so much better a reflection of uh, how things work in nature and regenerate, regenerative models around uh, the way that we interact and the way that we, the way that we exchange um, and and exchange value, exchange you know a currency and uh, and yeah, it's it's a really beautiful thing to to trial these new models and you feel it and the people who who have engaged with us and likewise the way we've engaged with other people who've who've offered this as as a way of getting involved in different projects and programs, it feels so much better. Uh, it, there's, you know, you, you don't, you, 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 you bring your whole self into it um, because you, you, you don't need to, you, you don't have uh, this niggling question around, wait, have I been taken advantage of? And was this exchange fair? And how did, you know, what's going to happen? And, you know, um, and are they really authentically offering this? Um, but if both sides do that at the same time, it's a whole different way. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and then and the nature thing as well. Um, I read a book called Secret Life of Cows, and I love it. It was awesome. I wrote, I wrote a blog on it as well. People thought I'd lost my shit because they just couldn't be bothered reading the actual post, but um, I, it was something on <laughs> like cows. But the things that struck me is that they like many uh, indigenous cultures have done um, and many still do is they just take what they need when they need it and mm. give what they can when they have it. And yeah. so that that's basically all it really is. Um, if you just boil it down, but then there's the, or the yes. And on that is, is to invite the people who have, made the commitment because essentially time is the biggest commitment. It's not so much the funds. It's like, you know, I'm going to spend time I'm going to invest my precious time into this because I can see the value. Um, and then to invite them into the conversation around, well, what does this look like the next time we do this? Like who are the people um, that we want to, who are the people? Cause we just put a poll up on our closed group from the first cohort. Uh, do you guys want us to bring in, the second cohort into the group and immediately it was like 
yes or no. And it's just like, I just looked at it, it as like 17 yeses straight up and no no's and just a few, but a few comments like, hey, this would be cool, but can we please um, have an integration process? How, mm. how can we better get to know these people? And like, mm. we could have come up with that ourselves, maybe us four, but that, that for that to have been suggested from the group, it's such a beautiful kind of emergent way to, to welcome those people because not only does that make the, the trust level of the current group um, be at a high level, but we're also saying, hey, guess what, new crew? the new guys want to meet you <laughs> already. Yeah, isn't it so amazing the different ways that we interact when we actually feel that we feel trust with the space spaces and the people that are involved. It's um, yeah, it's worlds apart. Um, and um, yeah, so, so yeah, proud, proud of, proud of being able to create a space where, where everyone feels that and is able to, to, um, express themselves and and bring their most awesome ideas to the table and, and, um, and collaborate without feeling scared. Yeah, exactly. Cause you mentioned, um, Tim Silverwood before frother who's been on previously on the podcast. If you want to check that out, it's a good, good episode. Um, so there's people like, like of, of his, uh, I guess, wisdom and experience in the group. And then you've got, some younger people coming through who might still be university or uh, just starting to scratch the surface on where their purpose lies. There's a little bit of a rhyme for you. Um, so there's a great kind of, and that's something that we talk a lot about at reunion. It's like, well, how do we bring in the, how do we have the, the elders emerging elders? And then how do we have the young, but can we flip that model too? Can the young ones coming through be, um, some new form of elder. Well, why can't you be an elder if you prove yourself, you know, as a, as a youngster? Um, and then how is there kind of like this interwoven model? And I've never been to uh, the Mind Valley event in Europe, but apparently that's the vibe is kind of, you know, you bring your grandparents and you bring your, your toddlers and you can learn off, you, there'll be sessions where the kids are teaching and there'll be sessions where, you know, the, the, the elderly people are teaching as well the elders. Um, so that's something to be really, I guess, conscious of. Uh, while we're riffing, do you want to tell us a little bit about what Rise Up is? Well, what Rise Up is to you is probably like mm. a, a, a more pertinent question for anyone listening who might be thinking of checking out what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, I guess in Rise Up, we're creating a space to grow together and really show up as whole human beings uh, it's a way for us to move into a healthier way of being and doing um, I suppose both individually and collectively um, so that we can do our most meaningful work in 2020 um, and hopefully in the process we're also all uh, seeding the leaders of the future um, I guess our theory of change is a deep reflection of integral theory, uh, our behavior, culture, consciousness, and systems. Uh, in Rise Up, we go from seed to soil to sprout and into flower. So in seed, we explore our essence, um, that we already are everything and deeply connected. Um, and all we need is to recognize, listen, and feel. 
um, as well as learning how to engage in a benefit mindset and to do really deep values-based design. Um, then in soil, we kind of dig into the state and structure of our ecology, our surroundings, our environment, the company we keep and the information we consume. Uh, we see how to make sense of what's going on and seek out alternative sources to truth. Uh, in Sprout, we learn about the importance of our ecology of practice, uh, getting healthy, happy, and more into flow, uh, the importance of our rituals that allow joy and motivation, reflection to flow through us, and allowing that rhythm of struggle, release, flow, recovery. Uh, and in Flower, we look at how we really show up in our lives and our work, being true to our essence and following our heart, sharing our sense of joy and curiosity, even uh, as we continuously grow and integrate all the aspects of who we are. Uh, and we make sure to play and have lots of fun along the way. Dude, that's the best explanation. I'm going to copy that one next time I'm explaining what we do. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Thanks, man. That's the, yeah, that's the jam. That's what, that's what we're most inspired by. I, yeah, I think I was talking about composting my life a little bit and you know, what is, where do I want to spend my time? Where do I want to spend my energy? Um, because even if we're aware of accessing the flow states and, and having more to give, um, we still don't want to overcook ourselves. And so for me, the work for anyone who's inspired by what Seb's just said um, is really in reunion because the essence of reunion, well, the work for me at the moment anyway, it's up to you is to decide where you, where you put your energy and time, but is to invite everyone into this conversation, even if people have been like, oh, fuck that, you know, like before, I'm not, I'm not gonna explore, explore internally, what are they talking about, you know? Um, it's an opportunity, it's an open invite for people to come and, and explore it and it might not be for you but it, it, I guarantee it will at least give you a few little nuggets of inspiration to kind of to, to think a bit deeper about those things that you just mentioned and if it is for you it's a huge opportunity to, to learn new ways of being doing um, and interact with people who are who are trying to do the same thing who are just as comfortable with the discomfort of not knowing what the fuck is going on at the moment, but mm. doing our best and showing up for each other as best as possible. So, mm. um, yeah. And we'll figure it out. And that's how we, that's how we do it. That is how we do it. Said Barry, say it one more time just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. Yeah, exactly. It's always such a good, um, it's always such a high vibe conversation with you. Um, you're definitely one of my anchor frothers helped me through some, actually last time I burned out, it was me and you hanging. We had to run a workshop the next day. Yes, We did pretty yes. well. Uh, well I, I was, yeah, I was a bit cooked, but. Um, I'm glad we could go well. through that together. Yeah, so eternally grateful for your wisdom and, and help through tough situations. And then when we are flowering and, um, you know, even with the blemishes, we can, we can show our beauty and, and guide other people and assist people where possible. So, Mate, Frothen, next week we kick off Reunion Rise Up uh, Volume 2. We have about 10 beautiful humans in there already. Uh, we, we'll cap it. We cap it at 50. Is that what we decided this time? Yep. So um, it is, it'll be a somewhat intimate group. 
we found that's kind of a, a sweet spot. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, check it out. There'll be links probably directly below us that have been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on uh, reunion.earth and that's where you find us. Yeah, any final frothy, frothy words from, from you, Seb? Uh, should we end on a quote from the legendary Buckminster Fuller? Yeah, let's do it. We're on a spaceship, a beautiful one. It took billions of years to develop. We're not going to get another one. Now, how do we make this spaceship work? Yeah, and I reckon it's through, I reckon it's through play and collaboration, mm-hmm. co-liberation, through reunion. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Great to hang out with you, Benny. Awesome, brother. Yeah, looking forward to probably working together in this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swinging me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!